welcome to the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast. I am Rachel, and today I have with me here a guest co-host, M. Hi there. And today we're going to be talking about the 2011 movie Martha Mercy May Marlene, uh, one of the worst titles ever, but we'll get into that a little later, I'm sure. But <laughs> this is a movie starring Elizabeth Olsen as Martha and we've got John Hawks as Patrick and Sarah Paulson as Lucy. There's a bunch of other people in this movie, too, but that kind of covers the main three. Uh, so this is going to be a nitty-gritty review of this movie, which means we're going to go through the uh, grid rating system, talk about what works, what doesn't, um, really get into the, the nitty-gritty. Um, but before we do, um, I guess I'll just start off by saying that this is a movie that I first saw probably maybe about a year ago-ish. It's been a little while. Uh, it was before I even had, you know, I had, didn't even have the YouTube review channel yet. I was still making the grid when I watched this movie. And I remember thinking for some categories, like this movie was kind of influential in, in helping me come up with some categories because it does some very specific things, um, which I think is, is interesting. We'll definitely get into that as we go through the grid. Uh, but it's definitely one there's I don't know a lot of people that would like this movie. Um, probably you and and maybe my sister, who I actually think has seen this movie and liked it. Oh, good. Um, but it's definitely, I'm like, I gotta watch this movie with M because I think they'll like it and we can have a lot to talk about. Because uh, it's definitely, like, Tristan, no way. There's no <laughs> way he'd watch it. My parents, I don't think they'd like it. And it's not a movie to watch with your parents. Oh, no. Um, so... Yeah, so anyway, so I, I'm really excited. I've been trying to, to to arrange to watch this movie. Even before the podcast, I was like, we've got to watch this movie. <laughs> and, and now we did, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, so that said, I know this was your first time watching it, um, but do you have anything before we delve into the grid that you want to want to bring to the table or, or open up for discussion? Oh, my goodness. Well, this one, like, like you said, like immediately after you saw it, I feel like that's when... I started hearing about it. I think the first time I saw you after you saw this, you were like, we're going to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. But yeah, like you're saying, it's a very specific crowd of people that would enjoy this. Yeah. I place it somewhere between like in the, in, in the likes of like Annihilation and like Black Swan, that kind of like psychological thriller. Yeah, I think a little bit more along lines, at least for me, with Black Swan yeah. than, than Annihilation. But definitely, definitely a love it or hate it kind of movie and definitely an intense. I think I probably emphasized a few too many times before we watched it. Like, this is not an enjoyable movie per se, but it's really good. <laughs> that did scare me a little. <laughs> But, like, I saw a few of the names because I tried to avoid, like, watching a trailer for it, reading about it on IMDb or elsewhere. I was just like, I want to go into this blind. Yeah. Because I feel like anything, because it's based on a cult or uh, that it's about a cult, there's only a few ways this story is going to go. And so I don't want to be waiting for those, like, if there's important beats that are mentioned in the description, I don't want to be waiting for those beats to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I guess I was just excited, nervous, but like excited to see this for the first time. All right, well, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that said, should we jump on into the the grid then? Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, so the first category, uh, kind of going into to what you were saying about waiting for all the beats and, and how, how these kind of stories can only go a few different ways. Uh, the first category is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Um, and this one, I definitely have a, a low point and, and everything else is, is pretty high. Uh, so before I, I get into that, I guess, was there anything that stood out for you one way or the other? For me, the genre cliches, tropes, twists, that was my lowest. It got a six. Me too, actually. <laughs> How about that? On both points. That was my lowest, and I gave it a six. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sure you felt similar, similarly, but it just felt so derived and just kind of, like, typical of, like, a cult movie. Like, I felt like it was strong in so many of the other areas, but the writing not didn't... It's not where it thrived. Like, because it had the cast it had, that's why it was so good. Not Absolutely. because of the writing. And especially the writing in this kind I feel like it's a very, it's definitely a character-driven story. So I think, um, I think I'll have a lot more to say in general with the, with the writing character section, which comes next. Um, and there's a lot of things I liked within the plot, to be fair. But yeah, as far as, as far as genre, cliches, tropes, and twists go... It really did. I feel like it could have played around with genre a little bit more, or played around with with expectations within genre, um, and it just kind of. I mean, I mean, a six. We both gave it a six. That's not bad, but that doesn't exceed expectations either. So no, and like for who they had, like they could have done so many subversive things because like these actors in this are so good. Yeah, that like. I just felt there was like such a missed opportunity. Like maybe had they cast other actors, it could have worked well. Like those were like where they maxed out. But like I don't know. I feel like Olsen and Polson especially. Yeah. Um, like they're so good at emoting and doing very draining work that like you could have taken it in a very subversive way. Like not just played into that. Like yeah. I'm shaking my head. I don't know. <laughs> There's like this is such a hard movie to unpack so quickly after seeing it that there I'm is, like yeah there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah I'm like struggling to put sentences together still <laughs> yeah fair enough um, I will say for um, some of the weaknesses that the the script had for me I really liked the the plot structure in general I thought was was really nice like there really not a lot happened in this no. movie. Um, like it, it definitely covers her, her introduction into the cult and her reasons for wanting to escape and her, you know, the big, very, very beginning, it's not even a full two weeks. Cause they say they were at the cabin, like, Oh, we're coming here for two weeks every year. And they didn't leave yet. So it's, you know, we don't know exactly how long they were there, but less than two weeks. Um, and not that much happens. And, and yet I, I, I gave the plot structure a perfect time. I thought within that area, it just, it told us exactly what we needed to know. And the ordering was really interesting. Like, even though I guess the plot itself, like the beats that it hit is like, you know, which is why the genre, yeah, cliche strokes and twists got so low relatively. So like, well, it didn't really do anything new or interesting or surprising within the plot. But as far as the structure goes, I liked the way it flashed back and, and came back forward and, you know, told a lot without actually really telling that much. Sure. If that makes sense. 
Um, so I thought, I thought it did a really good job as far as the structure goes. And then kind of tied within that, uh, world building and exposition, I also gave a perfect 10, um, just cause I, they, like I said, we don't get that much information. It's very contained. Yeah. But what we do know is like, oh, we know exactly what we need to know. Um, so I thought that was, you know, even though there are some weaknesses in the script, I thought those two areas for sure, for me, at least those, those shined, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like for me, a lot of that went between like, a, it was basically eights down the board. Okay. There yeah. were a couple eights, a seven and 8.5 in those remaining categories. And for plot structure, like I really liked it that it was so contained that it only went back X amount of time or X amount of years or months. And it was only two weeks of like real time. But I had so many questions not just about like the cult itself, but just in general about like what was going on that I wanted more information. And I, yeah. I liked that they don't give us everything. I really appreciate that, but I just wanted a little, a little bit more from, okay. from like the, I guess the plot structure and some of the outer goals. I was curious. I was waiting for that one like minute and a half scene that explained the cult leader. And it never happened. It just kind of was like, oh, yeah, he's so-and-so's boyfriend. Like, Yeah, I gave I gave character outer goals. I still gave it an 8.5, uh, mostly because I like the Elizabeth Olsen character and Sarah Paulson as well. I thought they had interesting um, outer goals in the way they interacted with each other, which gets more into character. But as far as expressing their outer goals of, of essentially they both just want Martha to get better and to be well adjusted. I mean, that's essentially their outer goal to be a family. Yeah. Um. So I really like that, but I completely agree as far as like the the people, other people within the cult. I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more, especially with with Patrick, the cult leader. So how did you feel? Speaking of, uh, I guess going back a little bit to plot structure, I think one of the most talked about points of this movie in general is the ending. Um, so I guess I have kind of a two-part question. Oh, no. Um, the first being... I'm going to write these down. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're pretty open-ended, so feel free to oh, take Jesus. this in, in Don't any do direction. this to me. Uh, okay, I'll start with just one. No, go for it, go for it. Let me just start with the first one. I guess just, did you like the ending? I loved it. I, I, I just have a weird thing with movies that end so... I want to say openly, because clearly... <laughs> It's headed toward a certain point yeah. where they're going to catch up, probably kill the sister and the brother-in-law, take her back to the cult. Oopsie daisy, that's what happens. Because it shows them murdering someone in cold blood. Like it wasn't... Right, we know what they're capable of. Yeah, and their mentality with preserving the cult, or as Patrick might say, the family. And I, I also really like how it holds on a close-up of Olsen's face during that whole scene where you see people moving in the background, but it doesn't break from that shot. Yeah. I just liked all of every point on it. It was, it was dark and ominous, but that's the whole movie. Cause I noticed that the whole movie, there's that director loves his tight shots. Yeah. His off center close-ups. And it was just at one point, I just wrote hashtag ominous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I felt like that was the, the uh, mission statement of this movie just be ominous just be awkward and ominous and that's how it ends and so i just felt it was very true for it 
that you mentioned the director and I realized I, I remembered to introduce the actors this time and forgot the writer director. This movie is written and directed by Sean Durkin. So that leads me to my, um, to my second, I'm glad I asked uh, if you liked it first, cause that you really tied it in with my, the second half of that question. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and I was, I was going to ask what you thought happened at the end. Cause a lot of people, there's, there's two ways to interpret it. And I'm kind of, split I can kind of see I think I'm leaning more I lean more towards your interpretation of you know the, the cult is after her in one way or another they're either going to kill her or they're going to get her back like they're not going to just let her walk away uh, but a lot of people interpret it as like she's just she's been so broken by her experiences that she's now kind of like stuck in this loop of paranoia and fear and oh, then it's sure. like it's just like all in her head I mean not all of it obviously but the like seeing him across the lake and you know the truck or the, the SUV like that is not the cult behind her it's just a it's similar just a car. car exactly so but, I, I do like that interpretation yeah because then it makes you wonder like because like she thinks she hears people like throwing things at her window a few points in the movie and it's like was there someone outside of her door or outside of her window I mean or was that was it in her head or was it just the wind like who knows because we never see until that very last scene yeah and they never show what she sees on the ground that makes her retaliate against that suv that way exactly by smashing the window and keying the car or i guess rocking the car since she scratches it with a rock but (laughs) but yeah i thought that too when i saw those of like we don't see the window pane shaking we just hear the things and like and i thought maybe too because they're in a cabin um, maybe it's just pine cones falling from nearby trees onto the roof. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has that. She says that one thing of like, "Do you ever hear things on the roof?" She's like, "What? No." She's <laughs> like, "Well, like, you're in the middle of the woods. Like, stuff probably falls on there. There could be raccoons on the roof. Like, I guess." Or do raccoons just live in like the suburbs or do they live where let's stop everything. Let's let's dissect this. Where do raccoons live? I think they mostly live in Narnia as they are mythical <laughs> creatures. So I was gonna say, like, even living out in the suburbs, we hear raccoons on the roof sometimes. And then I was like, wait a second, maybe they only mostly just live in suburbs. <laughs> like, do they I don't anyway? Totally. No. We've both been hurt by raccoons. They've both broken into both of our houses. <sighs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. That's not a joke. It's... <laughs> raccoons are scary, man. They just can't get enough like cat food. It's true. <laughs> it's totally true. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, on that random side note, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else? Um, anything else you want to add for writing plot and genre? Any, any low notes? Any high notes? Any... I, so for the, oh goodness, I guess for, oh gosh, I'm not sure where to place this because it ties into so many things, but I guess it's just writing in general. Yeah. And so it might tie into the characters too, probably more so than plot genre. But I thought of like the structure when I, when I wrote this down, just how there's a well-established cycle of abuse that like we see continually reoccurring and i kind of like even though we don't see the origins of that abuse with like patrick i appreciated them showing that it's in all these different forms that it's part of their cults culture of i'm struggling to find the right way to phrase this but 
because it happened in so many different ways with the controlling yeah. of women, the, I guess that's basically it, but, yeah. <laughs> but sort of with, um, uh, Ted, the, the brother-in-law, it happens mm. with him too, where he's lashing out and yelling at women and, and it just occurred in so many different facets of this movie that I just was like, there's at least that parallel going on. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know. I wasn't sure where to put that. So I'm tossing that out now. Fair enough. Uh, so on that note, then what was your total score for writing plot and genre? It was a 7.5. Okay. Um, I came back to an 8.7. A little bit higher than you, but not too much. I was expecting uh, a little bit of a bigger gap from the way you were talking. I was like, oh, man, I think I heard things really high. <laughs> but not too much of a discrepancy. No, no, because I did enjoy it. It was just... Yeah, it could have gone, could have gone a lot farther in a lot of areas. Yeah, I didn't want to be too kind on it. <laughs> or yeah. too, I don't know, too easy. I wanted to be fair, Okay. I guess. Yeah. I feel like I've been very easy with the tens up till now <laughs> well i mean annihilation was one of the movies you reviewed so that, yeah. that's a movie that deserves it <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh all right so then that's going to bring us to writing characters uh i guess i'll open this up with the same question as as last time was there anything that stood out for you as either something really good or something really bad or maybe not really good or really bad but better than anything else or worse than anything else I felt it was pretty solid across the board. There was nothing that stood out for a bad or a great reason. I just thought everything was just so solid and worked so well with this movie that I just really enjoyed what they did. Yeah. Especially the, the dialogue. Well, I guess I'm contradicting this. The dialogue stood out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the cult leader, like he comes across as really skeezy as he needs to. But it comes across in a way that you know that guy. You know that guy who says those like one or two nice things about you and then that really deep cutting negative. Mm-hmm. And sort of the same thing with like Sarah Polson's character. You know that family member who's like supportive, but very judgmental, but like trying to mask the judgmentalness with like, oh, look, I bought you a thing. But like, but, but working with you, but like not, I don't know. I felt like that each of those like forces pulling on her toward like healthiness and then like, I guess, void of hope yeah. <laughs> uh, would be what, like what Patrick was doing. Um, just worked really well as like the two, the two forces in her life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making a face because again, there's so much to unpack and it's just like, I hope this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> if I keep I, saying it, I will, right? <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. Um, I actually, for me, uh, kind of similar to what you were saying, I gave uh, the highest score for this category, which was a very strong category overall, I gave character likability a, a perfect 10, not because I loved every character. Oh, for there's, sure not. There's definitely, I mean, like you said, Patrick is an awful, awful human being, and yet you can see exactly the way he works these people particularly the woman it does make me wonder i was gonna say it makes me wonder what the men are getting out of it but obviously the men are getting patriarchy out of it (laughs) like it's not that hard to figure out but like with the women he's obviously taking these 
past abuses or past neglects or you know just this longing of these these young women that want to find a place to belong and they want mm-hmm. to be a part of a family and they want to have a purpose he makes sure to go out of his way to be like each of these women has a purpose you can find your own purpose it can be whatever you want you can knit you can clean you can take care of the children you can garden find your purpose and that'll be your thing and and so all of these women who had you know no place in life and felt lost and felt alone he gives them a family. He gives them a purpose. And that's nice. You know, obviously the way he's doing it's not nice. And obviously the cold's not nice. But you can see the way he manipulates these women. For sure. And and what I particularly appreciate about this movie is that uh, with the character of Martha, it doesn't villainize her in any way. It's not no. like you know, oh, look how easily she succumbed to this. Look how weak she was. Look at all these evil things she did just because she wanted to belong. None of that. It doesn't victim, or it does victimize her. It doesn't villainize her. And it doesn't make her come across as like, oh, look at this stupid girl. Look how gullible she was. And look at what she ended up doing. Man, people prey on stupidity. Like, I feel like with a lot of um, movies that have plot lines like this it's very easy to go one way or the other in that regard as to either you know make these people look so stupid so oh, look at the sheep flocking to the herd or whatever herd that's not flocking to the shepherd or whatever i'm not a i'm not a familiar with sheep metaphors <laughs> yeah. but you know what i mean like they can they can portray these characters as either oh look at these dumb sheep or, oh, look at these evil people that just needed to find a place to, like, validate these evil things they wanted to do. Um, which can be an interesting story in and of itself if you go that direction, because there are certain, I mean, there's different types of cults, and some of them are like that, I would imagine. But for the most part, it's people who are at a certain place in life who want a certain thing, and people know how to manipulate that. It's mm-hmm. not because people are stupid. It's not because they're evil. So they were at the the wrong place at the wrong time and they were taken advantage of. And this movie does a really, really good job of portraying that with the character of Martha. Yeah. That was a really long way to get around to saying that. But but I really appreciate it. I thought it did a really good job. I like that scenic route. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I especially loved the pasture full of of sheep. (laughs) I also liked... Like with the character of of the sister with Lucy and Ted, what's his name, right? The Ted, husband. Yes. Because um, with their character, like you can definitely see, like you were saying, like he's he's impatient and he gets angry, and you know that's not great. And you can see with the character of Lucy, like she's she's controlling and she's judgmental, and you can tell that's not great. And yet, I feel like their reactions are not they're not correct, but it's like. Like, yeah, I get why he's angry and I get why he's like, this is not normal. Can we take care of this? Like, let's, let's, let's do something. And he's not wrong to be like, she needs no. professional help. Let's, let's get it for her. Their reactions definitely make sense within their characters. Exactly. It's not out of left field. It's not like this breaks who this character is. Yeah. It was, yeah, like you're saying, it's very natural. It's natural and it's, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I want to say because I I don't think they handled it in the best way possible. So I don't want to be like, oh, this was ideal. This was exactly how they should have handled it. But like in the grand scheme of things, like they could have just kicked her out of the house and been like, okay, this this was a fun experiment. You can leave now. I was waiting for that scene because it got intense to where like Mm -hmm. I thought that's what was going to be the next step by Lucy and Ted. Yeah. And I was happy that that didn't just go that... 
extreme route where it went more of a this is family, family's fine. It's Connecticut. I'm sure that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like oopsie doopsie. Wine. Wow, we had so much of it. <laughs> Some things were said. We're moving on. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming this a Connecticut thing or if it was a real like waspy. I was gonna say waspy, yeah. It is interesting. You brought up dialogue as one of the things that that you really liked. And I really liked it too, but it was actually my my weakest scoring category within writing characters. Oh. Uh, I still gave it a 7.5. I still thought it was really good. Uh, but for some reason, I can't really quite put to words why, but I just it just seemed like it wasn't quite as strong as some of the other areas. And it could be now that I'm thinking about it. It very well could just be that so much of this movie thrived in the moments where there wasn't dialogue. Oh, yeah. The, it was so sparsely sprinkled in there. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it that way, actually, maybe I will bump it up. I'll go an 8 instead of a 7.5 because I wasn't really thinking. I was just trying to remember the dialogue and there is some good stuff. Like, I do love the, like, when we hear uh, the character of Martha, like, tell her sister, like, like, oh, you think I can't do anything, but I'm I'm a teacher and I'm a leader and you just never, you know, you never let that happen. And now I know who I am. It's like, what? what? Like, that's such specific language. What are you talking about? Like, it's to an outsider. You hear words like that out of, you know, obviously some people do want to be teachers and some people are leaders and someone like that might say something like that and be like, oh, yeah, you are a leader. But in, in this situation and with this character, and it's just like... It's a red flag. Exactly. It's like, what now? Like, it's just so specific. And the fact that we hear her say it, and then later in a flashback, hear Patrick tell her that. And it's like, well, we knew that that came from the cult, and yet it still had, like, an increased power. Like, knowing how much she took it to heart. Like, this wasn't just, like, something he said to take advantage of her in the moment. I mean, that, that was what happened, but it stuck with her and it's still affecting her once she escaped the cult. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? I, I'm going to give it, I'm just going to keep bumping it up. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do an 8.5 because the more I think about it, like I like the sparsely, uh, the, the sparseness of the dialogue I really like. And then I like lines like that. The, I thought that the dialogue within the cult specifically, it could, it could easily get real cheesy or, you know, yeah. they could have gone really like, you know, a lot of times they get really, not biblical per se, but very uh, sermony. Oh, for sure. And and I really didn't think, I mean, there was definitely mentioned like, oh, it's the the uh, purification or something like that. There's, there's that scene. But that's really the only time it gets even a little bit like spiritual. And that's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to find your purpose. And yeah. So, so yeah, I, I take it back. The dialogue was good. Still, actually, even with an 8.5, that's still the weakest for me within the categories. But, yeah. Anyway, I'm babbling on and on. I'm hogging the conversation. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I'm agreeing with so much of what you're saying. For me, it was the character development that was the weakest. Because, like, probably a lot of that was, like, the sparseness of dialogue to where the growth was happening outside of that just through their actions, I guess. Yeah. Would okay. be, if it's not dialogue, yes, it would be actions. That's <laughs> the only other way of gauging growth and like <laughs> development. But I felt like they're just, yes, it was two weeks, but it was also like, I felt like they could have done so much more. And I, I feel like Ted would have like blown his lid after the first week, not like at the very end of two weeks. And same thing with, with um, Lucy, where it was just like, she probably would have been more passive aggressive after a few days. 
with just how she was in general. I don't know. I felt like it was just going a little too slow, or like growing a little too slowly for me. But I just really, I don't know, appreciated the way dialogue was used to like show that growth or show where their stances have shifted. Okay, yeah. Because the timeline was so unknown and so kind of abstract. Okay, yeah. I get what you're saying. Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then on that note, is there anything else you want to add or should we give our final scores? Oh, no, I'm good. Um, I'm happy with giving our final scores. All right. uh, So what was your total score then for writing characters? Mine was an 8.7. All right. Again, I'm a little bit higher, but not too, too much. And mine was a 9.1. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's the same ballpark. Yeah. All right. So that's going to bring us to a category I'm really excited to talk about for this movie. And that's going to be acting and casting. Um, This was almost a perfect 10 for me in every category. Um, There's only one thing that didn't get a perfect 10 um, before I I just, that could be a long rant. So I will just continue along with the same pattern. Did you have um, anything that stood out as, as either better than anything else or worse than anything else? Spoiler alert. I do. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It was extras. So extras got an eight Um, with how many, extras there were I feel like we didn't really see a lot of them and I felt like when we did they were basically just sitting watching or sitting doing something very mellow with how Patrick was acting like everyone had their purpose and place on the property or house or cult I just felt like really like there's it just felt like the extra, the, the other actors, the extras, because there really weren't like weren't too many extras. They were just the minor characters or non-speaking characters. Yeah, I just thought they were like so underutilized because it just felt like it was a very still cult. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, just not a, not a lot was happening. Like the house was very dirty. Like nothing. Everything sort of seemed. I don't know. I can't put my finger exactly on it, but it's... Do you kind of know what I'm trying to get at, or...? I think so. You just wanted to see more, like, activity and more... (laughs) For lack of a better word, activities. Okay. I get that. I kind of liked that, like, we saw a decent amount of of people in the background, and they were all just kind of hanging out and doing their own thing. Um, I think I kind of just took the opposite direction as you, and I, I mean, not that an eight is a low score or anything. It's not like you gave it zero, but I, I gave extras a perfect 10. Cause I thought there was, um, it's one of those rare movies where, where maybe not rare, but unusual ish where like there are extras and yet you still see like a lot of close-ups on their faces and they seem to have personalities and they, you know, it's not just the masses in the background or like, Oh, people walking by on the street. Like they're, they're characters in the movie. We just don't know their names. They don't say anything. So I guess they're just extras. Um, but I kind of liked that. So I, I gave it a perfect 10 because, because I liked that aspect, but I totally get what you're saying that it did seem like a pretty relaxed cult as far as activity, I guess is the word we're going for. I, I don't know if that's quite right, but I think I'm going to steal your word personality. 
Okay. I think I wanted to see either lack of personality or more personality, not just kind of like relaxing on a summer day kind of vibe. Okay. But I appreciate, but I can see what you're saying about like just that, that relaxed environment yeah. that they were written for. Uh, so my, my low, it's still, it's still a 9.5. It's not like it's a low score, but it's the only thing that didn't get a perfect 10 for me. And that's going to be casting secondary characters. And the only reason for that is I found the age difference between Sarah Paulson and Elizabeth Olsen a little bit distracting. I thought they looked surprisingly, I say surprisingly, because I feel like they're both fairly distinct looking people. And I, if I just picture them in my head and I'm like, I don't really see it, but then seeing them next to each other, I'm like, well, yeah, they definitely look very different, but like they have similarities and just the way they interacted felt very you know, familiar. They had a good, I mean, they're just both good actors. So, I mean, well, that's where a lot of it comes from too. Um, but in that regard, I thought that the, the casting was, was pretty strong as far as like casting people look, that look well enough like sisters. But uh, I know what you mean though, because in reality, there's probably 20 years age difference. 15. 15. I, I think okay. it was 15. If my, oh, shit. if my memory and my math in my head is correct, which both of those are pretty faulty, but I believe it was 15. Cause I did, I did check because I was like, well, maybe cause I feel like Elizabeth Olsen kind of looks younger than she is in general. And Sarah Paulson doesn't necessarily look older than she is, but she has kind of a, a sternness to her that I think maybe she sure. has a perception of age. Not that she looks old. She just kind of has a, she has a very strong control over her face. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is, gives, gives an, aura of not oldness not age but like maybe a sophistication that comes with age sophistication i think that's a good word for it she does have like yeah a sophistication about her that you don't see in very many young people definitely not like an 18 or 25 year old exactly so i think she just kind of comes across as a little bit older not an appearance. Why am I'm like really stressing it? Like I'm like Sarah, if you're listening, I don't think you're old. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, so I did look it up because I was like, maybe it just seems like there's a bigger difference. And then I was like, no, 15. That's about what I would have thought, like 15 to 20. And from the way they were talking, so like we don't get too much information about their backstory. But their dad is not, was not in the picture from what it sounds like, and their mom died young. And Sarah Paulson's character was in college when the mom died, which is why she didn't take care of Martha. But then how old was Martha? Was she like 10? Because from the way she, because like we know she went to go live with the aunt, but the way she described it was like, oh, she came to live with me after mom died. Which made it sound like she's like, well, I was old enough to live live on my own, but like technically someone needed to, so it made it sound like she was like 16. Sure. And Sarah Paulson was maybe like, 20 to 22 ish yeah like it didn't seem like there was that big of an age difference i kind of figured there was eight to ten years okay just because like if holson and ted can i guess lucy and ted um (laughs) can like afford these places and are like where they are in their careers and like having a family probably low 30s and holson's probably like 20 ish yeah. So that's kind of where I gauged those. 
Yeah, but which yeah. makes sense. Like that, if we didn't get that story about the aunt and living with the aunt, which really made it seem like she was like 16 and Sarah Paulson was like, like, like 20 to 22. Yeah. Because all the other clues, that was exactly what I was like, oh, there's probably like 10 years between them. Probably like 20 to 22 and like 30 to 32. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't seem, I don't know. So I just, I, I found myself dwelling on trying to figure out. It was like my mom watching Juno trying to figure out, like, when did this take place? Like, okay, I kind of get it a little bit more now because I did find myself constantly being like, how old are they supposed to be? And to be fair, like, not to be fair, but to, like, play into the ambiguity, Lucy is very sophisticated and, like, she's like, here's a Kale's movie. Yeah. And Lucy is very reserved and like in a movie that already uses sparse dialogue she has so few lines for the first while she's staying with them and so their interactions are basically lucy talking to martha and martha responding through action not through dialogue and so it's very hard to like get that conversation going where you can like sort of see possibly what age this person's at yeah but yeah so that the, the ambiguity of their age difference and then knowing that there was like a 15 year age difference between them. I did knock the, like I said, 9.5 instead of 10 for casting secondary characters, even though like I love Sarah Paulson. I love Elizabeth Olsen. I think they, they played really, really well together as sisters. Like I get it. So it's probably more of an issue with writing. Like they could have just made the scripts less ambiguous or you know explained it away a little bit better as far as you know why martha didn't go live with lucy after the mom died if there was that big of an age difference yeah just that one line of like i was 21 and about to get my bachelor's or about to go into my master's studies or yeah something to give that frame of reference yeah Yeah. so yeah the the more i talk about it the more i realize it really is an issue with writing and not with casting but i'm still gonna leave it as is yeah um just how dare paulson be that old (laughs) sorry sarah (laughs) i don't know why we're also on first name basis apparently (laughs) (laughs) but like they both like you're saying like olsen and paulson like are good actresses and like their face acting throughout this whole movie was so good perfect 10 which only made ted seem that much more inept in this role i just did not i felt like there were a few scenes where it's close up on him and he's in a scene where you can see uh paulson and olsen's face faces and he's just not matching their level and, like, I felt like he was, like, trying. He was really trying. And he just couldn't, like, get up to there. That's fair. I guess the way I took it, like, it... He's I do British. It, I, I mean, <laughs> that's not what I was going to say, but I maybe that's part of it. I was going to say, the way I kind of took it is, like... Like, if there's a situation where, like, me and my sister are hanging out and it's either, like, just... You know, for whatever reason, it was just me and my sister and Tristan... Or if it's me and my sister and my brother-in-law, I do feel like there's kind of like my sister and I will do the bulk of the talking and it's not that they don't contribute or anything by any means. Like we all get along and we're all very social, but I do feel like there's, uh, depending on what we're talking about, maybe not, you know, they don't match our level because we're siblings. We've known each other a long time. We'll start talking about, you know, like, oh, remember that one teacher back in school or like whatever that's not how we would talk about it but like you know whatever we'll bring something in from childhood and 
you know, the, the energy level just isn't always the same because they were, and same thing, like, like if it's me and Tristan and we start talking about, you know, so like, oh yeah, I remember that one time we, you know, did such and such. And then my sister might be at a lower level of enthusiasm or whatever. So I think it's just because they had that bond and he was kind of like the, I mean, he had never even met the uh, uh, Martha before. Like this was the first time he met her. And it's like, he kind of has this resentment of like, you just disappeared for two years. I saw the stress that that put on my wife and you don't seem to care. So I don't know. I, I think I put a lot of subtext into it that maybe was just my interpretation, I guess. But that was kind of my take on it, that he was kind of, there was, there was an intentional not meeting their level because of their connection and because of his uh, resentment that he was trying not to show. Because he's like, okay, this is her sister. I should be supportive of this, but she's crazy. <laughs> we don't know why. We don't know what's going on. She could potentially be dangerous. This is not good. I don't know. That was my take. Not to say that your take is wrong by any means, but... I think I wasn't talking about like the energy level, just like the acting skill level. Okay. I... It was, I guess that's more what I was... Because he definitely wasn't, like, trying to meet their energy. Because yeah. he just seemed so disinvested. Which is fine from a character perspective. <laughs> I'm breaking things. Um, <laughs> but just, like, from the acting, it just seemed like he was trying to force line deliveries a little too much compared to the other two. Because that's mainly my critique with Ted. Okay. But yeah, I totally agree with the energy level. Like, they were doing their own thing. They were, they were trying to, like... They had their very own, you know, rapport and all those things. And it was great to see working together. Yeah. Um, and he did a great job of, like, not acting so close or, like, being able to have that same flow with within, you know, their their conversations. It was very clear that he was the odd man out. Yeah. Um, but it was just the acting level that I just thought was thinking, like, wow, you're directing as Sarah Paulson and Elizabeth Olsen, and you're just not. I just don't believe it as much. Maybe it's because I don't like his character, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just because I was able to see through, saw the the acting, not just the character. Okay, that makes sense. So what was your total for acting and casting, unless there's anything else that you want to add? I am good. I gave it a 7.5. All right, that is uh, decently lower than mine, but that's all. Oh, no. (laughs) I gave it a 9.9. It was almost perfect to me. I really, really like the acting and casting in this movie. So the next category, then, is going to be cinematography lighting. This This one is always such a tough category because, like, when it's done well, it's like, everything looked really great and what's on that it's like everything looked really bad (laughs) it's really sure uh, I think I just don't have the the experience or the the knowledge to to explain why I like certain things or why things look good to me Uh, but that said I thought this was a really strong category overall I really really liked the lighting uh, and the cinematography in general we'll get more into it in the next category as well but yeah, this is just a movie that just looks beautiful from beginning to end. Even when it's depicting ugly, ugly, awful things, it's like, man, the lighting is perfect, and the like it, the, the the visual cues are telling me this should be beautiful, and this is ugly. Um, so in that regard, I thought the the lighting was really 
phenomenal throughout. No, I am right there with you. It was stylized, but in a really useful way for this narrative and for giving context to each of the, the two lived experiences we see Martha having. And I just loved it. I just could not get enough of it. I basically just wrote, I appreciate the lighting in this movie. And it was because it was just so good. The Mm -hmm. shadows were great. When it was overlit, it was great. And the the fancy Lucy Ted house. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I I really liked how they did everything. I definitely love to. This movie definitely, um, I think stylized is the best way to put it. Because it definitely plays around with lighting in ways that really like it's not just like the the mise-en-scene which we'll get into next like definitely makes everything look like a painting but then the lighting too um like there's the scenes um both after uh after martha is is raped the first time and then she like i said it's one of those scenes where like it's it looks beautiful even though what is being portrayed is is really awful because it's the scene where, where Katie comes up to her and is like, like, I know it feels like something bad happened, but it's it's something good. It's like, oh no, this is awful. But the lighting is is absolutely gorgeous. And I mean it looks like like a painting, like between the way they're positioned and the lighting, the tint of the light, the shadows, you have like the crossbeam shadows yeah. across their faces, and then you get like a mirrored um, scene of that after um, uh, I forgot her name. Um, Sarah, I think was her name. Yes, yes. I think yes. Uh, after she goes through the same experience, and then you have you know Martha telling her like, "Oh, this was handling her exactly." Yeah, or I guess it was before. I think when she's like, she gives her the drink and is like, "Oh, mm-hmm. it might taste bad, but you gotta drink it all." It's like, "Oh, what are you doing? This is awful." I mean, you understand why she's doing it. Like I was saying before, like the movie does a really good job of of showing how this, uh, like you said, the cycle of abuse. Like it really handles it really well. But yeah, just the the lighting of those scenes where it's like, man, this is heartbreaking and this is awful, but it looks beautiful, and and it just. I don't know, it just does a great job of, of setting the mood throughout the movie and kind of messing with your uh, perception of things a little bit, which I think, you know, very much so mirrors what these characters are going through. Um, anyway, I'm going on a, on a rant, but just in general, the lighting was, was phenomenal. Anytime there was something unsavory happening, they used shadows to mask those characters and yeah. to keep them in the dark in this really interesting way and like when they're shooting the guns it's basically they're all in in this like dark dark shadow like it's not something you want to see so i appreciate that it wasn't you know super well lit or like overlit i should say but yeah but they play with that that perception of what's happening you only get to see so much of it yeah so for me it was like tens across the board it was the one category that was solidly 10, 10, 10, 10. 10? Is that five tens? 10? I think now you've okay. got five, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a little bit harsher. Um, not by much, though. I gave everything nines, except for beauty, I easily gave a 10. I'm not sure exactly. Like, I can't necessarily explain why things didn't get a 10 for me, I guess, because I definitely thought about it, and I was very close to giving things 10s down the line, and I just... I don't know, my gut feeling or my, my personal preference is just like, it's not 
quite 10. Certainly beauty. I mean, that was easily a 10. Um, just because, I mean, everything just looked... This is, this is definitely one of those movies. I mean, the lighting was a big part of it. But even aside from that, it's like, oh, I understand now why some people think that, like, digital film should or digital movies should not be a thing. Because this is definitely a movie where I'm like, oh, I can tell this was shot on film and it makes a difference because I don't think you would get the the richness. That glowiness. And yeah, like there's just a certain quality to it, which is definitely, I mean, the cinematographer plays a big part, but I think it would be very, very difficult to achieve that same look if they had headshot digitally. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely really strong, but, but not quite perfect tens for me, just... Um, just based on gut feeling, I guess, but still nines and and then, and then beauty was a 10 for me. Um, so that averaged out to a 9.2. So still close to a 10, still outstanding, um, but not quite perfect tens for me. I was due for a category where my average was higher than yours. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that's going to bring us to cinematography camera work. Oh, I'm excited. I am too. This was uh, definitely another really strong category for me. Was there anything? Um, I'm assuming you're excited because there's some good things you want to talk about. But it was there... terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there anything? Anything that stood out as not as not as strong as the rest, or any any weaknesses you want to start out with, or do you want to just jump into to the things you loved? It was hard to find weaknesses overall or specific. I was looking. Because I found myself just totally in love with this style, with yeah. that, with those tight shots that don't break, with off-centered close-ups. And I just, I was just so happy seeing all of that. So basically, it got basically all tens. Okay. The, oh, gosh. The French phrase. <laughs> mise-en-son. Mise-en-son. I hate it so much, but that's what it's called. That was the only one that went to a nine, just because I thought, like, I felt like there were a couple, I don't know, that it just, it didn't feel like a 10 for me watching it. Fair enough, yeah. That was, I don't know, this is all gut reaction, so. Yeah. (laughs) It's not premeditated, I swear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, none of this is. Um, But yeah, I just really was so happy with everything Almost basically, basically everything the director did. Yeah. Um, what was the director's name? Oh, geez. Um, Sean Durkin. Everything Durkin did in this. I yeah. was just excited to see. and Yeah. Like, between the camera work and the lighting, it was just such a gorgeous experience. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is not a fun movie it's very tense and awkward and ominous but it was shot with such precision and um oh goodness what's the word I'm trying to think of um not intent but like I'm not sure purpose I guess with I guess it was just because it was like shot with such like precision and purpose okay it just felt like there was care behind every scene and every shot. Like nothing, Absolutely. or barely nothing was a B team doing basically anything. It felt like it was all his vision. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with pretty much everything you said. It is funny, though. The um, the one thing that got a, a 10 for me 
this was the mise-en-scene, but everything else still got within the outstanding range, all the other subcategories. What I particularly liked within the, the camera work is the there seems to be a really interesting combination of open and closed framing. And what I mean by that, like the the closed framing would be like the really like like traditionally shot like you know, rule of thirds, okay, this person's over to the side and everything's, you know, composed traditionally and everything's in frame. It's very, very, like I said, with intent, with, with, that's the word we didn't go with, with, with purpose, with, you know, like it's very much so blocked out, I guess is what I'm looking for. Sure. So there are definitely a lot of shots like that where it's, you know, everything's in perfect symmetry or, you know, I guess that's the biggest thing, like very, very, symmetrical or very rule of thirds you know like there was that scene I was talking about where it's Katie and and Martha and you're just like oh it seems like something bad happened and it's like perfect to a T textbook rule of thirds like Martha's all the way to the right and Katie's kind of leaning over taking over the other two thirds and it's very traditionally composed looks like a painting so there's a lot of that going on within this movie but then there's also a lot of open framing which is where things just kind of move in and out, whatever. It's very natural. It's not that traditional composed thing. So you'll have things like it would, there were a couple times where it was like, you know, a close up on somebody's face, but then they would maybe look away and you don't cut to a different angle. Or there's the scene where they're on the speedboat where it's uh, Martha and Ted and they're in the, they're in the boat and they're talking. And then she like gets up to sit in a different part of the boat. And it takes, you know, the camera takes its time to be like, oh, I guess we need to move up and go up. Okay, now we're back in frame. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not quick. You you get that awkward shot where, like, we're looking at her knees now, I guess. And yet it feels very natural, very smooth. Um, and it's, it was just a really interesting combination of that. Very, very traditional closed frame shots with these kind of awkward, loose, natural open frame shots sure so i really i I really and a lot of that plays in with with camera movement camera angle storytelling like everything all wraps together within this category which is why everything got really strong um but for the one that got a perfect 10 for me i gave the the mise-en-scene the perfect 10 because it just seemed like it was just interesting to me like it just you know you had the very traditional and then you had some really interesting bold choices that worked really well no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, was there anything else you want to add for this category? I guess the only other note I had was just, maybe I already said this, was how like the, all of the off-center shots, it very much parallels her off-center experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great way of putting it. And so like where she's not entirely sure what's happening and what her next move is going to be the camera doesn't anticipate those either yeah and just tries to play catch up along with her absolutely yeah i love putting it that way that's great uh so what was your total then for for camera work unless there's anything else you want to add so for camera work i got a 9.8 all right. Uh, once again, you were higher than me for this one. Uh, mine was a, a 9.1. So that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. And this one for me, um, everything was 
pretty much in the outstanding range, except for one thing that really dragged it down. And this might be getting to the nitpicky. I am ready for this. I mean, I feel bad because it was only one scene, but it's like the only time special effects were used in the whole movie, which is fine. This is definitely a movie that doesn't need special effects. Was it a green screen on the boat scene? Yes! Okay, it was not just my imagination. It was so bad. Okay. It was some of the worst green screen I've seen in a long time. I know it's a small budget indie movie, but... If I can clock it. <laughs> it was... That's not a good sign. It was bad. And I don't understand. I mean, I'm sure it's like insurance purposes, but for such a low budget movie and for something where like, I don't know, it just seems like, why didn't they just go on the water and film? But I guess, I guess there's a lot of practical reasons to not do that. But still, like, it just seems like for 2011, even for a super low budget indie film, we can do better than that, can't we? It was like Tippy Hedren and the birds going on the little canoe to the island. It's like it was very, it was pretty cheesy. It was bad. So I gave special effects a four point five. Oof! It was so bad. It's the, it was the only special effect in the whole whole movie. The only reason I didn't put it into the below expectations range because it was below expectations. It was bad. Um, but I did appreciate that it was a movie that didn't need a lot of special effects. And I felt like that exceeded my expectations that a movie in 2011 didn't just like go crazy with special effects. So I appreciated that enough that it kept it in the meets expectations range, but is at the very low end of it. Cause it was bad. It was really bad. It was, I wasn't sure if it was green screen or not. So I was like, well, it's very stylized lighting. Maybe that's what's messing with my perception of things. So I gave special effects a 9.5. <laughs> and I think I'm going to just keep it there because it was okay. one scene. I know, there, it was only one. And it was able to not use many special effects otherwise. Yeah. And I felt for this kind of movie, like it needed to not go there. Yeah. Because it would have gotten too much like a um like a fantasy horror kind of spectrum area if it went overused special effects. Yeah, I could see that. Um I think this means I need to go and see my eye doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, mean, if, I could just be really harsh. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. I think but... it was, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it was, like, 1950s technology. Like, Yeah. I felt like it should have been on, like, an episode of, like, chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, on the motorcycles. <laughs> and just, like, have the wind machine. and <laughs> Like, we're going to lean this way. Lean this way. <laughs> Um, so aside from special effects, then, what did you think of the of the editing? I loved the transitions. I did, too. Especially the very, very stylized one where it's the um, Connecticut party that Lucy and Ted are throwing. And she loses. She gets very hysterical. They give her some sort of combination of pills. Yeah, that was iffy. Yeah. <laughs> as far as. That's what I like. Yeah. No, no, no. What I liked yeah. was like once they gave me yeah. the pills, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they um, there was that like very wavy tr- fade to black. Yeah. Where it was like 
I don't know. Just yeah, it kind of had a gradient. It got darker and darker and like wavy. And yeah, mimicked maybe what she was experiencing as it was like as the sedatives were kicking in, and that seemed to be the one stylized transition. And the rest were just like mirroring the the flow of a camera or imagery. Yeah. I did like some of the transitions. I felt like they did it a couple times in the beginning and then kind of stopped, which I kind of wish they had done it more consistently would be my only criticism. But in the beginning, there were a couple of transitions where like it, it would just have a normal cut. It would seem like it's you know, the same scene just continuing. And then you realize like, wait, is she wearing different clothes? Oh, this is like a flashback, like something from the present made her remember something from the past and now we're seeing what she was remembering. Um, so I really liked that. I think it was only like two or maybe three times in the like the first act. And then I guess they kind of figure after that, like when we see flashbacks, we'll know that it's her memories and we don't need to keep seeing that technique. But I thought the technique was really cool. Um, so I kind of wish we had seen a little bit more of that. But overall, I, I really liked the editing. Aside from from special effects, everything got 8.5s for me. Because I, I liked what it did a lot. I do think it could have gone a little bit farther at times. But in general, um, outstanding, I think, is is fair for me. For, for everything except special effects, which I was really harsh on. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too much ahead of you. I gave it a 9.4. Okay, and I put four overall? Yes. Okay. Are we not there yet? Oh, we no. can be there. Oh, I just, no. I had I did the 8.5s were for for everything except special effects, and then it was a 4.5 for special effects. So oh, I, then that would have been quite a bit ahead. Uh, well, the, the special effects brought it down quite a bit. My total, yeah, yeah it was only 7.7. Yeah, so it, I was... It got pulled down. I was quite a bit ahead of you then. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have strong feelings in the other ones. I just really liked... Yeah. The other categories of like continuity and movement and storytelling. So I kind of kept it on par with what special effects and overall editing got. But yeah, like like you were saying, like they they just had some really strong mirrored imagery in it, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Which this movie would have been a lot more confusing had it not had those moments yeah where it had the callbacks or kind of foreshadowing that's why i appreciated just everything it did yeah absolutely all right uh, so should we move on to sound then i suppose so all right so this category is kind of an interesting one for me because it it definitely has one of the most stylized sound mixes that I've heard possibly ever. And I think it works, but I'm not positive. I pretty much didn't give perfect tens because there are times where I'm like, was that the best way to do that? Yeah. Like, like there's the scene. And this is definitely, I had mentioned at the beginning, like I was, I was in the middle of making the first version of the grid when I saw this movie and this is the category that that was this movie definitely helped me kind of separate out some of the different subcategories within the song because it it is a really distinctive sound mix I guess and sound design overall but things like like when they're on the the boat and you can like hear the boat and you can barely even tell that they're 
that they're talking. Uh, it's when it's not when all three of them are on the boat, but when it's just Martha and Ted and he like teaching her how to drive it. And you can like, you can hear the motor. It's so loud. And you can like, but like, it's a very realistic, like, well, yeah, if you were on a boat, it would be loud. I guess I've never been on a boat like that, a motorboat or whatever that was. You have to shout. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think I liked that. And yet like, we couldn't even really hear what they were saying, but does it matter? Did we need to? I don't know. No, no, I very much agree. It was the actions and the sound design made it so you didn't need that constant dialogue. Yeah. And it gave you those context clues of like what was happening in the face acting and it all like came yeah. together and in those moments. Yeah. But without that sound design, it would have just fallen flat. Like, yeah, that's true. I also love there was the scene uh, where Martha is like washing the window and like the cameras oh, on that. the inside. It was yes. so cool. So good. Like, yeah, like, you just hear the squeaking on the glass and then kind of a muted dialogue. She's like, oh, you shouldn't smoke. She's like, what? I, I totally don't smoke. You're crazy. Mind your own business or whatever. Like, they just have like a very sisterly judgy conversation that you kind of hear but not really and then like the phone starts ringing and it's like super loud and it makes sense because if you were on the inside looking out that's how it would sound yes and then it also makes sense because like from from martha's perspective like she hears the phone it's like that that fear and paranoia of like oh for whatever reason i called them the other day now what if they're calling back like what if it's them Mm -hmm. and so it's like all of her attention is on that phone ringing. So of course it would be louder to her too. So it works on both levels of like, well, yeah, this is how it would sound if we were where the camera is, but then it's also like enhances that paranoia. Um, so I really, that was definitely a scene that stood out for in this category. Oh, absolutely. Those were amazing scenes. Like one thing I just didn't care for though, in this category was there were, I forget exactly what's what was going on what scene it was but there was an overuse of a violin mm. and it just seemed it seemed obnoxious whereas like in the party scene when when they're in the Connecticut house and Martha kind of like spins out of control like there's that very intense jazz music going on but that worked but that you know worked really well for the scene whereas in another scene it was a very intense violin and it just seemed to be more obnoxious than useful and like there was a cello that kept appearing throughout the score that was really cool and did a lot of um tension building and it was almost a character as like a background character or something but yeah i just they just overused violins for me, and I'm like... Yeah. It took me out of it a little bit. Okay. So I think I had kind of the opposite experience as you, where I, instead of being being annoyed or, you know, feeling like something was overused, I felt like the, the score, I barely noticed it one way or the other throughout the whole... Like, and I intentionally was trying to listen for it because, like... I'm pretty sure it must be that same song that's talking about the violin and the overuse. Like it plays like on the DVD menu and like in the trailer. And so I'm like, oh, this must be a song that like 
is used extensively throughout the movie as like the theme for the movie or whatever. And I didn't hear it in the movie itself. Like, I don't know. I don't know what scene it was in. If I just got sucked in or if I just found it so annoying that I somehow pushed it out of my brain. Like, I'm not sure. Um, but really I, I liked the, I liked the soundtrack. Like I liked the, the few songs that they used. I, I liked and I thought was helped with the, with the plot. But as far as the score, I thought it was pretty mediocre at best. Um, because I, I really didn't notice it one way or the other. And then when you noticed it, it was annoying. So it's like, this probably isn't a great sign either way. So I gave it for, for our score soundtrack, I gave that a 6.5, which largely um, got a boost because of the soundtrack as opposed to the score. Probably would have gotten somewhere between a four and a five if, if it wasn't for the soundtrack. What was there? Did you have any, any high points? Anything that was significantly higher than anything else? I feel like everything was kind of like outstanding in my book on my on my grid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I I was very critical of the violins, but I also just besides that, I just really enjoyed all of the sound mixing and design and score. I was able to look past that one scene, but yeah, I wanted to note it. Fair enough. Yeah, I pretty much. I mean, I gave score and soundtrack a six point five. And then pretty much everything else was an 8.5 for me, which would be in that outstanding range. Mm -hmm. Except for I did give storytelling a perfect 10, um, largely because of the same kind of stuff I was mentioning earlier, which is um, within the within the sound design of like doing interesting and unusual things within the sound mix and the sound design to help tell the story. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was interesting. And I thought it did do, even if I didn't, love it at times or if I thought it was a little distracting at times it still told the story in a really unique way and in a really specific way that I thought was impressive so I, I did give that subcategory a perfect 10. Looking at my categories I think storytelling is what took the hit from that violin because it just didn't mesh with the story as well as the other scenes with that, with the music that was going on with it and the sound effects and the sound design. So like that was, that took it down from a 10 to a 9.5 for me. Fair enough. Because besides that, like, yeah, it was like so on point. I made a note how the music and the sound design worked so well with each, which with each scene and like how it, if it'll transition from one intense scene to a lighter scene, it just flows right into it and prepares you for it and takes you on that journey. All right. Well, unless there's anything else you wanted to add for sound, what was your total score? Um, I think I've talked plenty on this. <laughs> um, so I give it a 9.6. All right. Uh, mine was an 8.4. I feel like I'm trying to pull away with my leads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to bring us to aesthetics. Hmm. I usually have very strong feelings about hair one way or the other. I don't know where this came from, but that seems to be my trend lately. Um, but I don't even quite know why I'm mentioning that, because I guess I'm breaking the trend. Because uh, I don't what? really have anything one way or the other to say about hair. There weren't any horrible wigs? I, I am not as good as you or good at all about noticing wigs. I usually can't tell. There weren't any hairstylings that were inconvenient for fighting or running or there, there was swimming. none of that 
There was no no characters changing from like perfectly straight hair to perfectly curled hair in zero minutes. To uh, hair. Some, like some limousines are very magical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't have much to say that's like specific within this category. Um, I thought everything looked fine. Nothing got. Um, the lowest anything got was a seven, which was hair and props both got seven for me. Just because I was like, well, everything looks good, but I can't really, like, point to anything specific within either of those categories. But, man, that was really outstanding. It's like, oh, it's fine, I guess. Um, and then everything else was within the outstanding range for me. I don't know if I don't really have anything specific to say, though. How about you? The one thing that stood out was Sarah Paulson's um, Lucy's camera because mm. it was a ridiculous camera. <laughs> like I was waiting for it to be mentioned that she's a photographer or something in that line. Cause it looked like a professional camera that costs yeah. a lot of money. And maybe it's just, she likes fancy things and that's a fancy thing that she wanted to buy. But I mean, I have a, pretty waspy family and i feel like several family members okay have like practically that exact same camera all right i mean that that explains it plenty good for me <laughs> but i was just like i get what you're saying though yeah yeah i just was like hold on i mean that was more i guess with that it, it's more a telling character detail than yeah than anything else but that was the one thing that I was just like, hold on. Why <laughs> why do you have this? But I guess that goes totally in line with Martha being like, this is a huge house. Does anyone else live here? Yeah. And like, no, no one else lives here. Why would you say that? This is a huge house. It's not a huge house. It's a huge house. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even like their house house. It's their lake house. Oh, like, it's a rental. Oh, and- like they rent it every... I think, yeah, it's, they rent Aww. it. Because Ted was like, no, it's not, it's, not, it's not our house. We rent it. Oh, I missed that. I mean, it's Britishness. <laughs> but I felt like the locations, the two main locations worked so well together. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, especially when they start introducing that, like, where they live, they can, like, easily go to rich houses and case them and yeah. break in and rob. And then, like, this is the exact kind of house they would do that to. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, waiting for that to happen. So I appreciated that it all seemed sort of, like, coherent and made sense in the same universe. But I did really like the um, the sets and locations easily got the highest for me. Well, not easily. Everything was pretty close, like I mentioned earlier. But that one got 9.5 for me. It was very close to perfect. Um, and I'm not really sure exactly what kept it from perfect because I really liked it. And I did really like, um, I thought that both the, like the farm and then the, the like lake house in Connecticut, like they both, both settings did a really good job of kind of contrasting like city light or really suburbia, like that kind of idea with like this really natural kind of, I mean, like there's this, this lake house, it's like this super fancy huge house like very I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is not natural or but it's not artificial luxurious I guess or just it's not like a cute little tiny cabin you would normally think of sure. as like by the lake it's like this big big house big ex- I mean I guess 
I'm like, I'm starting to like stutter and like lose my train of thought because I'm like, obviously there are rich people who buy crazy nice houses by lakes. Like that's not like, it's an unusual thing, but yes, it's just like this, this really big house and it's very like it's not like it's a log cabin it's not like there's you know it's not it's not homey and comfy in the way that you think of like or at least the way I think of when we live in California when I think of a lake house I think of like going to like Tahoe sure which is I'm sure quite different than a lake house in Connecticut Mm -hmm. um but that's kind of my experiences of like a cabin by the lake anyway what I'm trying to get is I thought there was just a nice balance of like urban and natural or something sure because even though it's by the lake it's very much suburban exactly yeah i guess that's all i was trying to get at and i felt like the the farm was the same kind of thing like they make this big point of like like oh we're gonna eventually we'll be self-sustaining we're this little farm in the middle of nowhere but then she's just like a jog through the woods away from this town you know, and it's still, you know, there's still roads. People are still driving in and out of this farm. It's not like it's literally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, they're in New York for crying out loud. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously not all of New York is New York City, but still, like, it's not like they're, yes. you know, in the middle of nowhere. I forget which author did this, but I want to say it's Longfellow, who basically, oh my gosh, my boyfriend's like shouting this author's name at as he listens to this, I'm sure. Um, I'm sorry, Cameron. Um, I think it's Longfellow. Okay. <laughs> who would at least like go off and like live in the woods. And he was like, oh, I'm sequestered away from civilization. And oh, then would like yeah. do a small little hike to town where there was like, you know, there, I mean, obviously there wasn't the cafe, but there was like similar places. There were like the taverns and things like that. And his friends lived there and. He was yeah. like, I'm sequestered away. I'm all alone. I'm 15 minutes of a walk away from other people. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, long for hello, I roll. <laughs> yeah. That same thing of like, so I'm so one with the earth and self-sustaining. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, yeah. they're constantly driving to town. Yeah. And other places. Like, but yeah, that, that, that juxtaposition of like, they're mission statement of like we're better than a city let's live away from it on our own but like relying on capitalism and the city to sustain themselves yeah exactly all right was there anything else you wanted to add for aesthetics i would love well we're on that same topic um i would love to hear or read a Karl Marx essay on this civilization. <laughs> Not the civilization, but this community. Yeah. Because I feel like he might have thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the aesthetics, no. Like, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was your total score for aesthetics then? A 9.3. All right. Uh, mine was an 8.1. Yeah, it's funny. I definitely was rating higher than you for, for both of the writing categories and then acting and casting. And then I think all of the all of the more technical things you've been rating higher than me. All right. So then that's going to bring us to impact on film. And this one gets divided up into critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impact. I don't think I have much to say on this. Okay. I basically, I'll give you my average score and kind of reasoning behind it. Okay. Because I feel like that's going to make more sense than trying to explain each of the categories one by one. 
Okay, that's fair. So overall, I gave it a 6.7, and I basically just relied on the meta score and Rotten Tomato score and like relative other like critical and audience scores to come up with most of that. And then the historical inspirational impact, I just gave a five because I felt like that was kind of the not applicable where it was kind of like, it wasn't, you know, a bad, a film that was like so bad that it changed things. It wasn't so good that it changed things. It was just kind of middle of the road in terms of the way people perceived. I don't know. Um, it didn't feel like it pulled in any one direction really hard, so. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, so I gave, I think I, I was probably fairly similar to you. Um, I gave Critical Impact a 7.5, which is, um, I believe, pretty much exclusively based on the Metacritic score, which I think was, it might have even just been a 75, and I just divided it by 10. It was something like that. I, I already forgot with my short memory. But <laughs> it was something like that. Um, an audience and cult impact. This one, I, I looked at a few different places and kind of, um, like I said, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes user score was one of them. And IMDb and uh, Metacritic has a, um, a user score as well. And they were all about a seven. Um, but I went ahead and just gave it a six out of 10 instead, largely because I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it. Sure. So, like, like the audience score would be about a seven, but I feel like because there's not that cult impact, and there might over time, no pun intended, this is a cult movie, but not a cult movie. Something oh, like that. Oh, I know. The, that didn't work. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, since it, it, I don't think it's likely to have a, a huge cult impact. Um, I could be wrong. It's only a few years old, but, I mean, 2011, that's... You know, it's not like this was last year or anything. It's been a little while. So it just doesn't seem like it's one that gets talked about a lot. And it's not, I don't know, it just seems like it was maybe kind of forgotten, which is a shame because I think it's a great movie. It is. Um, But yeah, it just doesn't seem to be getting a ton of attention. I think it did when it first came out. I think it definitely, I mean, it made the independent film circuit. I think it, um, you know, the kind of people who like independent film, I think, really liked it and went out and saw it. But I don't think it, it got much of a mainstream audience after that. Sure. Um, so that's what I did for audience cult impact. And the historical and inspirational impact, I went a little harsher than you. I gave it a three. Oh, wow. I just don't really feel like it has much of either. I, I did still give it three, largely because this was for the most part, Elizabeth Olsen's debut film, if you don't count how the West was fun with Olsen I twins. I always do. <laughs> well, then it's a great sophomore film. <laughs> <laughs> I think as far as her acting career and, you know, not just being an extra in her older sister's movie, you know, definitely. It was no double trouble. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, I think it did launch... Uh, I mean, definitely launched her acting career. And, you know, I don't think she would be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe if it wasn't for this movie. I mean, it definitely, even though general audiences didn't flock to see this movie, I think it definitely got her a lot of critical acclaim. And, uh, you know, she's starting to get a lot more roles. She's been, this is just 2011, and like, she's been in a ton of stuff since then. Um, So I definitely, I gave it a little bit of a boost for you know, kickstarting her career as an actor. 
And um, I also gave it a little bit of a boost um, because I suspect that Sean Durkin is going to is going to be going places. I don't think this is the last we're going to have hear from him. Um, no. It does kind of concern me that it's it's already 2018 and this was 2011 and we haven't seen anything from him yet. So I'm not sure quite what the delay is. But some some actors are, or not actors, uh, directors and writers, sometimes they do, you know, go through. Uh, oh, there actually are two upcoming projects. Um, Janice, is that a Janice Joplin thing? It is! How about that? <laughs> I will not be able to watch it without thinking of 30 Rock and uh, oh my goodness. Jim Flynn Jorp Jomp or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but that could be... He didn't write it, but he did. He is going to direct it. That could be pretty cool. I'm actually, uh, I'm glad I looked at this because that sounds pretty cool. Um, and he also wrote and directed um, a movie. It doesn't say when it's coming out. Uh, called The Nest, which sounds like it maybe kind of is in the same genre. Uh, so anyway, I, I, yeah, this is a lot of stuff I'm just going to have to cut out because nobody wants to hear me read to myself. But um, I'm listening. <laughs> But yeah, so I think this is definitely not the last we're going to hear from him. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he keeps up the same quality and the same creative vision, I, I think it, it's, it's a career I'm excited to keep an eye on. So between Absolutely. him him and Elizabeth Olsen, both I just think are, are incredibly talented. I hope we see them team up again someday because, I mean, man, that really seems like a great pair. But yeah, so I, so I gave it three points pretty much just for for them and for for hopefully... Well, definitely with Elizabeth Olsen, we've seen it kickstart her career and hopefully with Durkin as well, because I, I think it's a great movie and, and definitely a, a very solid directorial debut. Yes. No, it's crazy that this was his first film. Right? Like, it was just, that was such care and just excelled in so many categories that it does not feel like this is, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like there was so many years of like training and expertise that went into it. Absolutely. And he did do, I mean, he did a lot of short films before this, including that, I mean, this movie was based on a short film that he did. That he oh, really? Expanded. Yeah. Which I still haven't seen. It's it's on the, the Blu-ray that I have as, oh. as, as like a special feature. I have no idea how long it is. Some short films are still like half an hour long, but and it's not with Elizabeth Olsen. I don't think I'm nearly positive it's with somebody else, but yeah, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, I might have to look into this. Yeah, I think it's called... Oh, jeez, I forget. It's called like Finding Mary or Last Seen Mary, something like that. Uh, but anyway, so for my impact on a film, it only averaged out to a 5.5, which is by far the lowest, uh, lowest scoring category for this movie, which is a shame because I feel like, um, especially with audience cult impact, I feel like that could have easily been significantly higher if just more people knew about it and, and knew to go see it. I mean, it's obviously, it's like I was saying at the top of this of this review, it's not a movie for everybody, and it's one that very few people I know would like it. So maybe it makes sense that, that it didn't really make it past the independent film circuit. But um, for people who, who don't mind the heavy subject matter and who, who are interested in a, a, a dark but interesting character study and and who just want to look at beautiful things even if the subject matter is not beautiful this movie has a lot to offer and it should have been seen by more people it's a shame it wasn't 
Um, anyway, so that brings us to overall enjoyment. <laughs> this is kind of a weird phrasing for this movie because, like I said at one point, it's not exactly an enjoyable movie. Um, so it seems weird to say to ask. It's Did not you a enjoy? fun movie, but I did enjoy it absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's not enjoyable is weird to say with it, but yeah, it was. I did though, like it's yeah, yes. I yeah. I, w- I would agree. I yeah. I loved at least getting to see Martha's journey in this world and was down to see more of it. Not that to say that I want a sequel because <laughs> I'm good, but like if it was a longer movie or like if it went like 10 minutes longer, I would have enjoyed those 10 minutes. Oh yeah. I wasn't like tipping my watch. Like, okay, time, time to roll the credits. Like I'm done. Like I don't want any more. Yeah. So I gave it a nine. Just because okay. I felt like it could have gone on a little bit more, either showing more of the origins or more of her two weeks with Lucy. But yeah. I just want, I'm just being greedy now. <laughs> but yes, I really enjoyed it. All right. Uh, I did too. I gave it a, an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Um, it's definitely, it's it's a hard movie to watch and it's not, it's not fun. So it does seem... I can't emphasize it enough. It seems weird to say I enjoyed this movie, but but I did. It's it's a good movie, and and I definitely I I appreciate the the craftsmanship that went into. It. I mean, it's you can just pull any any frame from this movie. It's like oh, that's that's beautiful. That could be a painting. I I would have that as a poster on my wall, maybe. Yeah. Like like it's it's that's- gorgeous yeah that's gonna be the new phrase it's gonna replace paint me like one of your french girls it's gonna be paint me like one of your jerkin screenshots <laughs> um but yeah i definitely i mean i loved i loved the cast i loved seeing the way they interacted with each other especially olsen and and paulson like i was saying earlier and cinematography was was gorgeous the sound design was i mean just just and now I'm just reiterating everything I've said before, but it's just a really going back from the top. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just start over and rehash. Uh-huh. But, I'm ready. <laughs> um, but just, I mean, just the craftsmanship alone of this movie makes it an enjoyable experience, even if it's a hard watch, and even if it's you know it's not fun. So it's, I mean, I don't know, enjoyment. I'm ha- I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time saying I enjoyed this movie because I don't feel like that's quite the right word to use with this movie. I think appreciation though, which you said earlier. Yeah. I think that works perfectly. Yeah. The, um, that craftsmanship, like you said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just, um, I think it's a movie that's worth seeing. I know it's not for everybody. I wouldn't recommend it to, to that many people just because I know it's not an easy movie to watch and it's not everyone's cup of tea. But I really liked it, and and I think anybody who who has the stomach for harder to watch movies, or maybe not the the stomach for, but the you know if it, if it doesn't bother you to watch hard to watch movies, this is one that's worth seeing. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like you know misery porn or something like it's not going back to a Thirty Rock joke. This isn't uh, whatever that what was that movie that Tracy Jordan made where it's like. It was basically making fun of Precious, but instead of Precious, it was, like, hard to watch. Yes. But that was, like, after the colon, so it was, like, something, something, hard to watch. So it doesn't feel like that. That's 
that was a long joke and I didn't even remember the punchline. So I, I don't know, but I, uh, it didn't feel like, you know, misery porn. It wasn't just, you know, let's show you how miserable these people are and make you feel good because your life isn't as bad as this. Like, it didn't feel like that was the purpose and it didn't feel like it was just like, let's just make these people as miserable as possible and just revel in it. Like it really felt more nuanced than that. And that the characters were interesting and not just defined by this bad experience. Like there was texture isn't quite the right word, layers, I guess. Um, it was just a really great movie. Anyway, I'm just I'm just going backwards and <laughs> recapping stuff again. But but yeah, 8.5 out of 10 for me. I really like this movie. Uh, so did you give Martha, Marcy May, Marlene any extra credit? I gave it one point of extra credit for Sarah Paulson having a non-absurd American Horror Story kind of character. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that show in every season, mostly every season. But like it was fun to see her in a very mellow role where like when she's like shouting at her sister for like a minute and a half, that's the in- most intense she gets. Yeah. And it was fun to see her play in, within those limits. But it was just fun to see that. It was refreshing. Where she's not playing some, I don't know, very like absurd Ryan Murphy character that's, yeah. that makes sense within the world it's in, but outside of that world, it's like, wait, you did a what now? <laughs> yeah. I, I also gave it one point for something very, very similar. I gave it... Uh, like a second play, I gave it a half point of extra credit. Uh, and that was pretty much just for Elizabeth Olsen. I really like her. And this is, I try not to just get, I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely double dip. That's kind of my thing with extra credit. But I try not to be quite so blatant about it. It's like, oh, this person who I like was in it. But I already gave it extra points for in the casting department. So I'm going to give it extra credit too. Um, but I felt like because this was like her first big screen role and she really knocked it out of the park and it like, you know, started her career and, you know, led to her being in, in the Avengers, which is great. I love Scarlet Witch. I think she does fantastic in that. Um, but then she still has continued. I mean, she was in Wind River between some of the Marvel movies as well, which if anyone hasn't seen that, and Em, I know you haven't seen it. That's another one we need to add to our list. Um, it's, it's a great movie and she is fantastic and it still makes me mad she wasn't nominated for an Academy Award, but I know that's a whole, uh, can of worms, uh, for another time, <laughs> um, but that's a great movie. And, um, so yeah, so the fact that she can do these big budget things and these like more indie films and she's amazing at all of it and it started here. So I gave it an extra, uh, half a point of extra credit, just just for that, just for starting her career, basically. Because she's great. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, well, is there anything else you want to add about this movie before we give our final scores? Uh, just, just why? <laughs> just why? Just, just for this movie, why? <laughs> like, it was, amazing, it was an amazing movie, but just why did it have to happen? That is kind of, that's part of why I gave uh, historical and inspirational impact so low is because I do feel like this movie has the potential to be a little bit more inspiring, mm-hmm. but I did kind of have that same question of like, but what does it <laughs> inspire? Like, I mean, it's a great movie. It does a lot of things really, really well, 
but yeah, I did kind of have that same question of like, but what was the point of this story other than like an interesting character study, I guess? Yeah. Like I loved it. I can't say that enough. Yeah. But I would just, I kept thinking, but why? <laughs> I was like waiting for that aha moment and it just never, I was okay, I'm okay that it didn't happen. It makes it, you know, it makes it what it is. Yeah. But. Fair enough. <laughs> that's. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so on that note, what was your final score for Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene? Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene got an 88.00, an outstanding score. All right. That was actually, uh, for all of our differences, that was really <laughs> close to my score. Oh, really? Uh, 84.7 for me. Oh, that's funny. Also outstanding. And I will say before we wrap up, one thing that, that I meant to mention earlier and just sort of forgot, can we just talk for just a brief second about how awful the title of this movie is? Like, like I'm a little biased. I like titles with M in them. <laughs> <laughs> but even that's a lot of M. And that's it's four M's, like... And so, like, I've ha- I had to tell you about this movie 20 times before I was like, I got the name right this time! <laughs> Like, it's, it's really hard. I'm like, Martha? I know that's the first one. I think May is in there somewhere. And then it's two other names that start with M. And I, like, once you watch the movie, it's like, okay, this is kind of a study. Like, the whole movie is a person, or a character study, I should say. And those are kind of the three different parts of her character. You've got Martha, Marcy May. And then Marlene. But even the Marlene is like, that's not even really a character she plays. It's just when she answers the phone, she pretends to be Marlene. Marlene Lewis. Yeah. So, I mean, it still plays into, like, having these different identities, I guess. But, I don't know, it's an awful name for a movie. I like this movie a lot. And I, after seeing the movie, it's kind of like, okay, that's a kind of an interesting name for the movie. I get it. It's all these different aspects to her personality and all these different facades to her personality it's interesting mm-hmm. man is it a long name and then like the middle name is two names so then i feel like you have to pronounce it like martha marcy may marlene sure whereas the natural would be like martha marcy may marlene like a list of four names it's just i'm reading John too much into it at this point i think i told tristan before before we even watched it we being you and me, Tristan would he refuses to watch this movie and I don't blame him. But that's why I was like, I almost feel like instead of giving this movie extra credit, I feel like taking away a point for the awful name. Wow. But that's saying a lot from you. I know, but it's I mean I didn't do it because it's not within the spirit of the grid. I don't believe in taking points away in that way, at least. I mean points get deducted, but like title, there's nothing within the grid that relates to the title of a movie. It's like there wasn't really anywhere to deduct. Anyway, I've gone on for too long. We we should wrap this up. But yeah, it's an awful name for a movie. It bothers me. An awful name for a great movie. (laughs) Right? I mean, it is a great movie. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up everything for uh, Martha, Marcy May, Marlene. (laughs) Um, So thanks so much for listening. If you are interested in learning more about the grid rating system, you can check out grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's going to be Gritty Films, spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y, 
www.grittyfilms.com. And you can also check out our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash grittyfilms. If you really want to help us out, you can write a review on iTunes. That would be the, the best way to show your support right now. Um, so if you can do that and, and tell all your friends, uh, and we're also on social media, at Gritty Films. Uh, that's our handle for, for every social media site we have. Uh, I, I'm babbling now, but your support, we greatly appreciate it in, in whatever way you see fit. <laughs> um, so on that note, uh, let's see. Next week, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, Marvel Mondays Returns, and Tristan and I are going to be back to talk about that movie, and we will have a guest co-host, Brian, with us to talk about that one. Really excited to get that one out there. Um, So so stay tuned, be sure to subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening.